We're really pleased to partner with Cass Art for this week's sponsor. Cass Art offers a huge range of art supplies at really competitive prices. I've purchased from them before when buying printmaking supplies such as inks, paper and tools. You can find Cass Art online and in stores and fun fact, all of their staff are artists, which means they're going to be really supportive and help you with your buying needs. Cass Art also supports artists with prizes, scholarships and free exhibition or workshop spaces for local artists. If you're an anxious artist yourself, visit the Cass Art blog for advice, tips and techniques. Cass Art have kindly given us a 10% discount code for you to use on their online store, cassart.co.uk. The code is OUTOFINK, all capital letters, and it's valid until the 31st of December 2022. That's 10% off with OUTOFINK. See full terms and conditions in the show notes. Welcome to the Out of Ink podcast with myself, B. Baranoska, and Molly Lemon. This is the podcast where two anxious creatives talk openly and honestly about life as an artist. And we're back! Happy season three! Uh, I was worried you weren't going to remember that, so well done. What, the intro or the fact yeah. that this is season three? <laughs> Both, it's been so long. <laughs> it has, it has been a long time. We might be a little bit rusty, so bear mm-hmm. with us so rusty uh especially B, who is not having a good day today i'm just not very well so i recently got back from a holiday i went to america and i think it basically gave me all the colds and mm-hmm. <laughs> things and i came back and my immune system is just down it's not in a good place but i had to show up I had to be here for this very important record well i kind of feel like maybe it's my fault you're here because I've been like we really need to record we really need to record <laughs> you've been saying that for a few weeks though so I really can't put it off any longer well that's why I was like oh, we just got to do this even though you may have been really ill today maybe mm. throw up maybe <laughs> maybe maybe really unwell <laughs> really sorry for dragging you into your studio no it's fine it is nice to be back because I have missed the podcast and when we put on mm. our Instagram stories that we were returning we had lots of lovely messages from people saying they couldn't wait for us to be back. So, on that note, mm-hmm. uh, our first episode is all about... Would you like to introduce the topic? I would, but should we do the anxiety scale first? <laughs> no, sorry, I've ruined it already. So, should we go into the anxiety scale? I think you should talk us through uh, yours first. So this week we've uh, chosen chocolate bars as the anxiety scale because... Which I can't believe we haven't already done. I know. It's crazy. I had a a month full of stresses last month. <laughs> and uh, after every one, I rewarded myself with a chocolate bar. And I just thought, oh, it would be a good topic to do. So she knows everything there is to know about chocolate bars. <laughs> yeah. Although there were so many stresses, I was just a bit sick of chocolate bars by the end. Did you stick to the same chocolate bar or did you no. alternate? Okay. I mixed it up. Mixed okay. up. But uh, the first chocolate bar I rewarded myself with was the best one. Yeah, you know what this is. I don't know you? what this is, yeah. Uh, number 10 on the anxiety scale 
least anxious day ever is a Kinder Bueno. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can imagine you like Kinder Buenos too because they're French, right? And you love France. Oh, yeah. I, actually, I think they might be um, Swiss. Oh, really? Oh, or... I take it back. Yeah, what, what, Bell, from Bell, I don't know. <laughs> well, whoever makes them should get a prize because they're mm. lovely. I do like them though, you're right, they're lovely. I don't get why they're double packed though, there's like plastic in plastic. Oh uh, yeah, that's pretty that's bad. That's not good. You should write need... to them and complain. I will, I think I will. <laughs> I've got so much spare time. <laughs> um, and for my most anxious day, I mm. have got at number one... And this isn't any bad thing on the brand because I think it's a very ethical brand. Did you so, find it hard coming up with a bad chocolate bar? Because I yeah. sort of was looking on Google thinking, but they're all chocolate and I like yeah. chocolate. <laughs> I was going to put a fudge in, you know, the fudge uh, chocolate bar, the little one. Mm. But I am... Um, sorry, Bee's making faces at me. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I'd still love one of them just because it's my least favourite. Yeah, if it was the only chocolate bar left in the world, I'd probably eat it. So this one is, um, I think it's called Montezuma's, which I think might be a really nice small business. So this is no <laughs> shade on them. <laughs> I think at Easter, everyone was going on about getting yes. Montezuma Easter eggs. But this is 100% cocoa, dark chocolate, vegan. And yes, it's vegan and it's probably that very That so nice and so good for the planet. <laughs> I know, but... It's, I've had it so, like, a couple of years ago, I was like, I'm cutting out all sugar, no fruit, no carrots. Carrots were too sweet. I was, like, really what? detoxing. No carrots? Yeah, they're really sweet. Anyway, it was. It didn't last long, as you can imagine, but the one thing I could have was 100% cocoa chocolate bar, and it... it it's quite strong, isn't it? There's no sweetness. It's quite bitter, yeah. I don't like dark chocolate very much, and this is really mm. dark. But I'm sure it's a lovely brand, so go shop there. Don't listen to me. <laughs> anyway, and today I am a bounty. Oh, I like bounties. I think bounties are underrated. I'd rate a bounty at about a six. I don't think you're mm. a six. I think you're a four. I'm a five. It wasn't wasn't oh, far off. Okay. They are underrated, but they're not the best. So just put it middle of the road. Sometimes they're just what you need. Yeah. Um, what are you? Uh, what's your anxiety scale? So, for number 10, I had to think about this for quite a while because there were a few contenders for 10 mm. and they could all be up there depending on what day it is. So I've gone for a crunchy. Okay. <laughs> oh, she doesn't sound in agreement with me. She's nodding slowly. <laughs> uh, this, the, but it was kind of a really close call between a crunchy and a Snickers and a whisper. Mm. They were all up there. Mm. I really like a crunchy. I just think when I look at them, I think that's not good value for money because like it's just sugar inside. Yeah. At least with the Snickers, you're getting a bit of you're getting some nuts, right? And I always think that's a rip off a crunchy. Mm. Should be cheap. I guess with like at least with a, a Yorkie, that's so big that you feel you feel like you're getting your your money's worth. What's in a Yorkie? Is it just plain it's just chocolate? chocolate? But it is not for girls, unfortunately. Yeah, Sam bought me the one the other day because I was asking about it. So he bought me home one, and I just thought, this is really average. Had you never had I one? I wasn't a fan. Uh, I'd had one a year ago when we had the same conversation and <laughs> couldn't remember him giving me another one. Oh, yeah. That's your story, and you're sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, I don't know why I mentioned the Yorkie, because it's not on my scale. Um, okay, scrap that. Number one, bad day, anxious day. Uh, mm. 
I would eat this if it was all, yeah. all that was available, but it's just a like a milk chocolate um, dairy milk bar thing. Okay. Just like plain dairy milk. Yeah. Because in the complete opposite to you, I mm. would way rather, if I'm eating just, just chocolate by itself, I'd way rather it was dark and I find mm. dairy milk is just like so sickly. I'm surprised you didn't put a white chocolate. No, because I like white chocolate, and quite often, if you think about it, like a Milky Way is a really small mm. chocolate bar, so you, it's manageable because it's so sweet, but because it's so small, it's okay. Whereas a dairy milk bar is quite big, and if you eat all of that, you've just eaten loads of just sort of sugary, non-chocolate chocolate, and it's not my favourite. No, it's not my favourite. So. <laughs> and then, I think you should guess what, I, what chocolate bar I've put for this. Yeah, because I know you're anxious. Well, I've rated myself at a two, because at anxious times. Which is higher than I thought you'd be. Yeah, I did so. think it might be a one, but I thought I can't start series three as a one, so I'm at a two. <laughs> I've pushed myself to a two. Start as <laughs> you mean to go on, right? So, um, guess which chocolate bar this is. Spoiler alert, you have mentioned it during this conversation. Oh, a fudge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that face was about. Yeah, I just don't really like fudge, so... Yeah. Again, I'd probably eat it, but it's not my fave. I agree. It's one of Sam's favourites, and I just think, no. And also, they're, like, really <laughs> cheap, and that just, like... I swear they have to sell them cheap because no one buys them. Well, also, they're small as well, aren't they? So Yeah, what's the y- point? You're so disappointed in it when you finished it. Like, where's the rest? Where's my other... Like, with a Kinder Bueno, you, you get two bars. Yeah. Yeah, so. with a fudge, you didn't enjoy it, but you still want more. Because mm. it's mm. so small. Agreed. This week we are talking about making art versus making money, uh, which is a really interesting topic and we've got quite a lot of questions for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Dive on in, person who can read. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Question number one. Does the need to make money squeeze the joy out of being creative? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I would also say yes. Not all the joy. No. Not all the joy, but a lot of it, yeah. It's just, it's, it's pressure. And I find as a creative person, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, that it's really hard to force creativity. Mm. If you're not feeling like creating and then you sit down to make something, you can make something you're really unhappy with. Yeah. But I think the fact that you know you have to make money and you need to make work for certain things definitely puts the pressure on it a bit more. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I've been <laughs> I've been waking up a lot recently. When I say recently, for the last two years, like not that excited about my day. Whereas when I first went self-employed, I was like, couldn't wait to get out of bed, rushing around, making loads of art I wanted to make. And like the joy yeah. has slipped away. And I don't think it's gone forever, but it has gone a lot oh, for no, a lot of what I'm doing. That's quite sad, yeah. Hmm. Um, I know what you mean because when I did this and I was part-time so I also Mm. had a graphic design job that I knew I was getting a salary from each month when I spent time on my illustration I did enjoy it a bit more because it wasn't Mm -hmm. my sole income so it didn't it it did matter because I wanted it to be successful but it didn't matter also because like if I didn't sell it I still had an income coming from elsewhere so it was when I became full-time self-employed that um, yeah I really felt the pressure with it yeah, and this isn't us being like ungrateful. We're really lucky to be earning a living from our art, but it is just how we're feeling, I guess. 
Yeah. Like, we can be grateful for earning a living from our art, but also be so stressed by it. The joy's <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah, I think with all jobs, I think this doesn't just apply for art. I reckon in all jobs, if you do something you enjoy doing, the second mm. that there's money involved and pressure behind it, it's yeah. going to be slightly less enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. I bet if you asked a wedding photographer who used to just really love taking wildlife photos, mm. if he enjoys photographing weddings... <laughs> but you probably do enjoy it, but also the pressure of of, of being responsible mm-hmm. for someone's entire wedding photos is probably a lot, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I couldn't do that. Okay, how do you gauge what art products would sell best in terms of prints, cards, stickers, etc.? I think this is very much trial and error. Mm. I sort of think you've got to try new products to know if they work or not, which can be quite an expensive mistake. But yeah. also, if you don't try it then you sort of will never know because someone might be being really successful in selling stickers so you might think oh great but then you might start selling stickers and it's not successful because your business plan isn't going to be the same as someone else's so I think Mm. you have to try things out for yourself to know the answer to that but cards are quite easy to make money from because they're cheap to buy and you know they sell quite well yeah I dislike card sales I sell cards but if I'm having a really slow day mm. and I sell a card, I'm like, well, that's not, not going to pay the mortgage. But if I'm having a really slow day and then I sell a print, I'm like, okay, this is better. So yes, you can make money out of cards, but you're going to have to sell a lot more cards than prints. Yeah. And I think the other side of this question is like, from someone that studied fine art, it was all quite serious. And then you realise maybe you might need to sell things like cards to make a living or help you make a living. And then there's that feeling a bit like a sellout. They think they're not as serious at mm-hmm. making art if they start making kind of merchandise around their art. I think most small businesses probably start with cards, don't they? Because one, you don't have to invest too much money mm. in getting some cards made. You can quite easily do that and see if they sell. And it's just and it's a good way to sell your art to the masses because also not everyone wants uh, prints for their walls and things. Whereas yeah. people are still sending birthday cards, they're still sending Christmas cards, so... Mm. Yeah, it's a good place to start, definitely. But I would just say, just got to make sure you think about your margins because some products are much better than others. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's all about money and it's all about (laughs) business. (laughs) Is it all about money or is it about making art or making money? Oh. We'll answer this at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Would your art look different if you didn't depend on it for an income? I'm interested in your answer to this. Um, that's so hard to say, but there were definitely some prints I've made because I knew they'd sell, as well as I wanted to make them, but I probably would have made something else. You know, mm. there's... I've, <laughs> yeah. I won't out every artist and myself by saying there's certain things that sell, certain imagery, but, like, if you are needing to make some money, there's certain things you go to certain animals you go to that will definitely sell (laughs) yeah you know but do you think that if you weren't doing this for a living would you still be doing wood engraving or do you think you'd be doing like huge abstract paintings that we you were just having loads and loads of fun making but you never wanted to sell I think I'd be doing wood engraving because as soon as I started it, I wanted to like hone the technique. Like I really wanted to be good at it. But I think mm. because I'm selling, I've always felt like I've got to use something new. 
I, I've been like skimming along the surface of ideas and yeah. then selling and then moving on. And I think I haven't actually like um, delved deep and honed much of my skill. Like I've got... <laughs> Someone is doing their recycling at 3pm on a Friday. What's going on? Our recycling, by the way, goes on a Monday, so that I don't know what is going on. Do they loud. not know we record a podcast? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm really sorry if that picks up no, in my no. audio. No, that's fine. Um, like, I feel like I move on really quickly from things because I'm like, people are going to get bored. And it just means that I don't feel as fulfilled and it's something I want to sort out because I can't carry on like that. Yeah, like maybe if you weren't worrying about selling things, you might... So say you did an illustration of a tree. Yeah. You might think, oh, I could definitely improve on that. And if you, mm. if there was no pressure and no time restraints, you might spend six months just drawing the same tree and improving the technique and then by the end of the six months have, like, the best tree. Yeah. Obviously, me and you don't have time for that because we yeah. wouldn't sell anything if we spent six months on a tree. They don't want to see that tree that many no. times. They want to see something else. If you if I do a landscape, I'm like, right, I should do something sea-related or I should move on to an animal to keep it fresh. But really, it means, like, I'm not getting anything right in my mind and yeah because as an artist me. it's practice 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 so and yeah. if you're drawing something new for the first time Every it's probably time. not gonna yeah well it's probably not gonna be the the best way you could draw it because you haven't experimented and um oh there's someone at the door now this is, <laughs> this is a nightmare it's fine <laughs> oh dear i've worked out recently like i need to make a change because I think there's a reason that I don't, I'm not, my work's not that cohesive. And I think it's because I let Instagram and sales drive me rather than me actually like staring it. Would you rather be focusing on, on say, just landscapes or just animals? If it, if it wasn't for the pressures of selling, is that yeah. what you think you would like to do? Landscapes and trees Armageddon. Yeah, see the six-month tree. Molly yeah. wants to do it. Let her go and do it. <laughs> well, no one's stopping me, but I, I just think I'm more landscapes than anything else. Like, they get me excited. Yeah, I really like your landscapes. They're lovely. Thank you. Um, what was the question? <laughs> would your art look different if you didn't depend on it for an income? And what would you say to that? It's, it's really tricky because mm. on one hand I think well my style is my style and even if I wasn't drawing a print that I wanted to sell yeah I'd still be drawing because before I did this as a living I did it as a hobby mm. so I think my art probably would look similar but like you I probably am being influenced by subject for instance if I release a chicken print we all know I love chickens mm. I would quite happily just draw chickens for days, but I'm not going to think, oh, I'm, I'm going to release another chicken print because, you know, I don't want people to get bored and you have yeah. to move You have to move on. So it's probably I've probably got the same answer to you, really. Mm. It's like when I left uni and all I drew for, at uni and when I left, probably for a good 18 months, all I would draw was kidneys. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen some of your kidneys. <laughs> and then my tutor when I was doing my residency was like, yeah, you, you, you should move on. You can move on now. <laughs> so I like I know I could draw the same tree for eighteen months. Mm. Okay, right. Uh, how should I prioritize experimenting slash having fun over paid work? Can you repeat that? Because my brain didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing went in there, did it? <laughs> Nothing went in. Repeat, repeat. Uh, um, how should I prioritize experimenting slash having fun with unpaid work over paid work? <laughs> 
Have you got that this time? <laughs> I kind of forgot to listen to the first bit. Give me a second and I'll try and remember what you said. Okay, I've got it. I got wow. it. <laughs> how, how do you prioritise having fun over paid work, basically? Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. here. I'm here. Okay. What do you okay. think? <laughs> I think it's just all about balance. You obviously, as an artist, you need to have those moments where you're just experimenting and being creative and thinking about new things mm. and not always worrying about a final outcome. But also when you do it full time, there is the pressure that you you need to have final things to show, like Instagram, mm. the, the pressures of social media. You need to have things to sell. So, yeah, it's about balance. I think yeah. when you've got the time, maybe in quieter times of the year... Those are the times you should be going, okay, I'm just going to make some make some art, have some fun, maybe experiment with some new materials. But at the end of the day, you will probably have to go back to making art to sell if yeah. you're doing it for a living. Yeah, and like some people are lucky. I feel quite lucky like this. People want nature-inspired art, and that is what I want to make. When I say, like, I feel pushed to make things I wouldn't normally make, I mean, like, maybe I've done a lot of one type of thing but because do- mm. I know it sells but it doesn't mean I didn't want to do it it just maybe didn't want to do it as much yeah so what was my point <laughs> am I broken have yeah. I just lost the ability to talk I think so do you need yeah. a kinder bueno to help you through I do need a kinder bueno it's because mm. all I had for lunch was literally cut up celery carrot peppers you know just nothing of sustenance and some that, vegan cheese that is that's not gonna help you through Oh, I think I need to, yeah, I'm just going to have to go get a Kinder Bueno after this. <laughs> anyway, off the food. But yeah, balance. Bee's right. It's all about balance. Do you find it possible to actually earn a reasonable hourly rate as an artist? Right, let's go through our yearly accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if we did that? Um, I am earning more than I did as a picture framer. And I earn more than I did as a graphic designer, so. I'd say it's pretty impressive to be at that stage. And it Mm. wasn't immediate. No. No, it takes a lot of hard work. It is possible. It's totally possible. But I might be earning less per hour, maybe, yeah, than I was as a pitch framer. But because I work seven days a week, I earn more. It's difficult because we don't actively pay ourselves I would say Mm -hmm. Uh, we we just sort of make our income and then well I just for me I make that money and then that money goes straight back into buying new products new stock new equipment so yeah it's not like I'm giving myself a salary maybe if I did I might realize I made less (laughs) yeah like because in the last episode we did the live one we worked out our hours for that week but that didn't represent a whole year I don't know how many hours I work a year, so I can't work out my hourly rate. But I no. would say it's not terrible, but at some points, well, it's probably terrible. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think it's terrible. I think if we're making more money than when we were uh, being full time employed, that's got to be a good sign. Yeah, we'll go with that. Like that is good. It's just lots of hours. Yeah, hard graft is what it takes to be a full-time artist. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, which Mm. is more hard work? Mm. Making art for fun or making art to sell? I think this is obvious because I think it's got to be making art to sell because you're worried about the final outcome because Mm -hmm. someone's going to see it and someone hopefully is going to buy it. Whereas if you're just making something for fun, you don't have to show that to anyone. It could look awful and no one's ever going to know and you can just enjoy making it. But when is the last time you've made art for fun? 
not <laughs> not for a, a long time. I got a um a sketchboard pro for my birthday, which is a big stand that you can put the iPad in to like properly mm. draw on a desk. And my birthday was in July. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nearly the end of August and I haven't got it out of the box yet because it's such a busy time of year. That is I haven't done any drawing mm. since I don't know, beginning of July, which is yeah. quite sad really. Yeah. But even drawing isn't for fun. Like it might no. be fun, but it's for work. Yeah, okay. Like, so you mean I don't well, know the last time I did anything any art for fun. If I draw something for someone else and it's not for work, does that count as for fun? No. Because you've still got a purpose. And I and no, I think it's literally you're sat there, you're like, I'm going to draw, no one's going to see this, it's not for anything in particular. I don't think I've done that in, no. in definitely not this year. I think I might have been about 16. And even wow. then I was probably thinking about money. I think we should give ourselves some homework. I think we should okay. spend half an hour yeah to an hour depending on how much fun we're having because we don't want to be the fun police (laughs) and we should sit down and we should just draw something in the next week and not show it anywhere apart from to each other on the next podcast yes absolutely no pressure to show it might not even show it to you if it's really bad um but just to that's just so that we've done it and that we've we've taken that time and we've enjoyed being creative rather than stressing about being creative for money Okay, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. We'll forget. Great. But yeah, the podcast has homework now. It's even, yeah. it's even more work. Like it wasn't enough work. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> right, we've got one more. One more question. Do you ever regret turning your hobby into your career? No. Yeah. No. I would say also. Oh, that was a bit. You were like, yeah. No, that I was for <laughs> a moment. I was worried. No, no. Obviously, I don't regret it because. Um, when something's your hobby, it's your hobby because you really enjoy it. So mm. being able to do it as a career is like we're we're so lucky, yeah. and I never take that for granted because it's something no. I always wanted to do. And honestly, I didn't know whether it would ever be possible. Mm. So even on the really hard days, you have to remind yourself that you are literally doing a job that is just something you really enjoy doing. And there's yeah. not like not everyone can say that, so that's quite important to remember. Yeah, like, just because we enjoy complaining, like, all the time <laughs> doesn't mean we're not kind of fulfilled in it. Yeah. I'm not 100% fulfilled, but I'm, like, as fulfilled as I can be right now. I'd say, like, I don't know what I need to do to kind of make it better. Oh, interesting. What do you need to do? Well, I have applied for a residency, so if I get that, that might help. What? Why haven't you told me about this? Because <laughs> you were away. What residency did you apply for? Well, I don't know if I want to say because I probably won't get it. And oh, well, you could just not put it in the podcast. Well, I did. It was. It's just one in the UK for two weeks, and I just thought it. It's like um, I can run around and frolic in fields on my own, um, <laughs> and just like think and draw and maybe engrave and like reflect a bit. Like just mm. take myself away from the studio. I hope I get it. I'm allowed to take Winnie, but I'm not allowed to take Sam. so he's a bit upset is it really far away it's like three hours it's not that far and would it be next year yeah yeah we'll see we'll see anyway i just thought like that might be like because i've been feeling a bit like ugh about everything so i thought maybe that'll help me and molly have come up with a new segment Mm -hmm. for out of ink well, it's a segment, but I really feel like we've only got one strong contender. 
Uh, so it might only happen once in one episode. This episode. No, there's two. There's two. Two contenders. Yeah, this is the better one. This is the best one, though. Okay, yeah. so the, our new segment is called Out of Office. Mm-hmm. Did you see what we did there. So it's things that have happened while we've been away from you lovely people and not recording the podcast that had we been recording the podcast, we'd have been very excited to chat about. (laughs) And we just thought we can't let these stories go untold, basically. Yeah, and that's what's like a bit depressing is that we've been away from the podcast for months and like basically only one decent story has come out of it. (laughs) That just sums up our lives. Um, Okay, so when... When was this? May? May. May, yeah. So Mm. in May, my parents were on holiday and I went to stay in their house for the weekend and I said to Molly, you should come, we'll have like an amazing weekend, we'll go to the beach, it'll be lovely. It was lovely. Molly, Mm -hmm. Sam and Winnie came down and we had a lovely weekend in Somerset. And um, while we were there, I wanted to take uh, Molly to the southwest coast because even though she grew up in Devon, I don't think she'd been to much of that part of the coast. Yeah. So we're talking sort of like Lyme Regis, Beer, Seaton, Branscombe, that that part of the coast. We we said, okay, let's get in the car and go to Lyme Regis because if you know that part of the coast at all, Lyme Regis is like probably the, the best known beach down there. And it's really, really pretty and lots of people go there. Anyway, so we got in the car, we got to Lyme Regis and it was absolutely rammed. Mm-hmm. And Molly was Molly was like, don't like this I don't like this I want to go back to Seaton because the thing is Lyme Regis is beautiful but this was a really hot May Saturday um and it was absolutely round like you couldn't really get onto the beach and it it does ruin it it does spoil it Mm, and there were so many seagulls like I don't mind seagulls they're birds I like them but I don't want them (laughs) on my face no so we need to take you back in winter basically because in the Mm. winter all the tourists forget about it and it's lovely anyway it was so busy so we were like okay I know what we'll do we'll go (laughs) we'll go up the high street and go in some nice little shops Lyme Regis is really renowned for fossils. Lots of people go fossil hunting there. So there's like mm. a couple of funny little shops that I've always gone to. Because I, I obviously grew up quite close to Lyme Regis. So these are like little shops that I always used to go into as a kid. <laughs> and there's a fossil shop. No, well, it's a fossil shop and a precious stone shop. Like mm. the TikTok videos I like to watch where people yeah, sell <laughs> like bits of bits of precious stones or man-made stones. Yeah, it's a bit of a cheesy shop. Because, it's, it, again, it's just for the tourists to go in mm. and buy a little fossil and be like, I bought this fossil in Lyme Regis. Yeah. And you just thought, we shouldn't miss out on that experience. No, I wanted them to have the full to- tourist experience <laughs> of Lyme Regis. So basically, we were walking around that shop with the dogs. <laughs> and it's lovely. We were having a little look. Didn't buy anything. Left and went into the shop. That's like the door is right next door. I thought they were the same business, mm. but like it was that close. So next door is a bit of a slightly more art market gift shop. Yeah, that... like a really nice gift shop. Yeah, definitely um, not the fossil shop. Totally different shop. <laughs> and we were walked in and I was following B, and we were just got to in front of the counter where the lady was sat. And then I saw something drop from B <laughs> onto the floor. And I was like, Oh, and then we look down, <laughs> and there's this little um plastic bag that you you could possibly uh 
illegally deal drugs in, I'd say, that kind of bag. <laughs> yeah, it was that With a little item in it, and I was like, what's this? And we both realised it was something from the fossil <laughs> shop that had somehow like clung on to you as you were walking around i'm still convinced it had clung to margot or or maybe i like it got stuck to me and fallen onto margot and that's how it had made it into the other shop but then we were like i think through i don't know what was going on in your head but my head was going she's gonna think we're shoplifters like that yeah, was all i was thinking it was honestly awful it was the most like upmarket swanky little gift shop and we looked like we've stole and the best thing about the story is that the whatever it was in this little bag was priced at one ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of graphite. Anyway, so then me and B started this kind of soap opera of me going, "Oh, what's that?" And then like really badly acting, like and you were like, "Oh, I don't know. That must have that must have got caught on Mark. Margot must have dropped that." And then I like picked up and went, "Oh no, it's a bit of crap." And then like walked back into the other shop, carefully put it back in its box. And then came back in. And then we had to stay in the shop for a decent amount of time. It didn't make it look like we'd just be caught shoplifting. She watched us with beady eyes like we were going to steal everything in that shop. And it was just the most awkward experience. And then we had to leave and we had to tell Adam and Sam what had happened. And they looked at us like, "Uh, what is going on? I was laughing so much I thought I was going to be sick. Like, I just couldn't cope. It was just the worst. It's honestly probably like my favourite story of the year. Because every time I think I can be having a really bad day and I just have to think about that. <laughs> that time you shoplifted a tiny bit of graphite. <laughs> Margot, Margot shoplifted. <laughs> you can't keep blaming your dog. So yeah, there we go. Episode one, series three. Glad we finally got round to recording it. So, thank you for listening. And next week we have got a special guest very exciting so yes we don't need any questions for next week um but thank you so much if you sent them in for this week thank you as always for listening please don't forget to subscribe rate and review us it helps loads uh but only the nice reviews please Mm -hmm. which we still have 100 percent five star reviews which is lovely so don't be the one to ruin that no it's like on Etsy where you occasionally get like four stars, loved it, thanks so much, we'll buy again. And it's like, where's my fifth star? Yeah, that's so annoying. I hate when that happens. Yeah, so don't do that. <laughs> don't be that person. If you don't like us, that's fine. Don't review us. <laughs> yeah, just don't leave us a review. <laughs> right, let's go so B can go and collapse in a heap. And hopefully she'll forgive me for dragging her here off the sofa where she was having a nap. I've just I've just enjoyed reliving the, the shoplifting story to be honest. So I've got a new burst of energy now for this afternoon. Let's hope the police don't listen, otherwise you'll be in trouble. <laughs>